Hi, my name's Bill from Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings Podcast. Hi there, my name's Kylie Kane from the Verzian Chronicles. I am Jay, and unlike my fellow hosts on this podcast, I have no other podcast to plug here. Eric Slater here from Epic Fails of History and Too Young for this trek. This is Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Scott from the RPG After Years Podcast, as well as the Scott Spot on Twitch. Hello, this is Brett from the Skeleton House Podcast. Hi, this is Locathor. This is William. So, these are my thoughts on Zelda 2 up to the Island Palace. This is Locathor's brother, William. And uh, this is my submission for Palace 3, which was terrible. And I'm here today to talk to you about Palace 3 and Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. And this is The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Uh, this is also the Palace 3 episode. And this is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And the hell of Palace 3. Oh man, hello everybody and welcome. I hope you enjoyed the Death Mountain episode, which yes, was slightly shorter, and yes, some people disagree, should even have been an episode at all. But quite frankly, screw you, I'm Kevin Bacon. Um, <laughs> so here we are now with the Palace 3 episode. And oh boy, you people who gave up on Death Mountain, uh, yeah, yeah you, did, you did the right thing. Because uh, Palace 3 is a, is a humdinger, shall we say, an absolute hum hum dinger playing this game again after all these years brings back some memories the year was 1988 i had spent months saving money from birthday christmas allowance to buy a nintendo entertainment system after playing it at my cousin's house finally on my ninth birthday cash gifts pushed me over the top and my dad took me to montgomery wards to pick up my nes i think it was montgomery wards it might have been sears but either way, we came home with the system that came with the Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt cartridge, and I had enough money to also pick up Contra. Now, Zelda 2 holds a special bit of video game nostalgia for me. This is one of the few games that I actually owned as a kid. And getting a new game was a rare occasion. You know, birthdays and Christmases, that was it. Most games I played were games we rented from the local video store. We used to rent games on Saturdays because they were closed on Sundays, and you got an extra day on the rental. One of my favorite games to rent was The Legend of Zelda. I'd beaten both the main quest and the master quest over the course of several weekends, sometimes having to start over because someone else rented it and saved over my save file. In the lead up to Christmas 1988, Nintendo ran a series of television commercials that showed maybe 10 seconds of gameplay and a bunch of shots of some guy dressed up as Link shouting, Zelda, and running around a poorly lit hallway. Still, I was hooked. This game was at the top of my Christmas list. It was my official Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. I mean, did you see Link fighting that long-necked dragon rising up from the lava pit? This shit was cool. So this is going to be rather short. I don't have a whole, whole lot to say about Palace 3. Uh, palace 3 is an interesting palace. It is the palace under the water. 
Uh, well, really the island palace, but there's also another palace uh, further on in to the game that actually takes place kind of on an island as well uh, that you have to actually use the raft you get in this palace to get to. Okay, so we ended last time by getting out of Death Mountain. Like I said, didn't really have a lot of uh, trouble there. I grinded up to level 6 on all my stats. You must go through the Death Mountain, and you find a shortcut after you obtain the hammer at Death Mountain. You find a shortcut leading back to the starting villages, which is really nice because that cuts out a lot of walking between the starter area, where you respawn after you die, to get to the palace to try again. Uh, this is if you are not playing the remixed version of the game. So we exit Death Mountain. We're finally out of that hellhole, sweating and dripping with anxiety about what's going to come next. And then we have one of those terrible bridges to cross. God damn bridges, man. Bridges. All those little flying things at you. <laughs> you suck. Suck so much. Now that we've navigated Death Mountain and found the hammer, we can now reach parts of the map that were previously blocked by large boulders. Stop! Hammer time! So, guys, we have a hammer. You know what that means? It's hammer time! Hammer time! Stop! Hammer time! Yeah, there are lots and lots of things on the world map which you can go and smash with a mighty hammer. Yes, there's an extra heart container. I'm pretty sure there's some extra magic. There's some sort of weird medical bottle. You know, that might come in handy later. You, know, you should probably go pick that up. You know, it's just just, just to the uh, east of the swamp, yeah? 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 Stop! Hammer time! And most importantly, you can hammer your way to Mido Town. Mido, 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 and a huge graveyard. Don't go in the graveyard, you will get. So, the next step you get to the harbor town of Mido, which is very interesting because all the um, sages in Ocarina of Time are named after the various uh, towns in Zelda 2. Lore wise, it's the other way around, but you get what I mean. But Mido was not a sage in Ocarina. Well, I think I had read, done some research and read that apparently Mido and Ocarina used to be, uh, planned to be like the Wind Sage in Ocarina, which is very interesting considering like the role that Mido plays in that game. Makes you wonder if they had like an entirely different idea for the character of Mido. But anyway, that's about Ocarina. We're here to talk about Zelda 2. This section I started out by exploring around Mido, which is the biggest town we've seen so far. Uh, Medio is a fine town. I don't like that it's got three screens that you're supposed to um, use, but you always enter from the far right of the rightmost screen. I think it actually would have been a lot better if they had had, like, a two, two world map tiles, and if you go into the right one, it starts you at the right side of the city, and if you go into the left one, it starts you at the left side of the city. Which, like, even, even given the Nintendo's capabilities, they easily could have done that, and it would have been a lot better ergonomically to play the game. In stark contrast to the search for Bagu last time, I really liked how they handled the puzzly bits here. And so, um, you can kind of like wander around the town here and try to find some shit as usual. 
if you're smart, you'll see like there's one of these town or one of these buildings in this town of Mido has like a second level and you can use uh, the jump spell to get up there, which is kind of cool. Like the jump spell comes in handy in a town. Neat. And there you find your first warrior who apparently teaches you a new sword technique. It's like the downward stab that Link uses in Smash Bros. So with Fairy, we fly up to the second floor of the church. We head in there and we learn the down stab from a soldier inside. The down thrust. Yeah, the down thrust is really great. Um, there used to be an old meme on a form that I would go to uh, D-stab, where you'd have like, oh, what are my options? A, B, C, or D? And, and for A, B, and C, you'd list like realistic options. And then for D, then it would just say stab. And so, you, you, of course, everyone would always vote for D-stab uh, because the D-stab is the best move. It's the best Zelda move. It's interesting when you think about it that the very best Zelda move would appear in one of the worst Zelda games, but it just works out like that. The downstab is amazing. I love it. It's a lot of fun to use. I love this new downward thrust attack. It really feels like this is something we should have been able to do from the get-go. It's just such a good mechanic. It's not quite DuckTales pogo level, but it's, it's very good. Downsides, it kind of sucks that it's like the sword laser and then it doesn't deal damage to some enemies, but for the fodder guys, it's just fun to ah! bounce off them. That was so useful against so many enemies. It made defeating a lot of the enemies so much easier because you can just jump above them and then uh, yeah, your sword straight onto their fugly heads. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was very elated to get that. It's like, oh, this is going to make combat so much easier. Little did I know. We'll get there in a minute. I feel like that if you got the downstab from Minute Zero, that people would remember Zelda 2 a lot more fondly than they do. We eventually get to Mido Town, and there we learn the downward thrust. This is the part of the game where it goes from being nearly impossible to take out some of the enemies to actually really fun. Many of the enemies that were kicking our ass earlier, we can now pogo on their head like Scrooge McDuck from the DuckTales NES game. And we are faced with the down thrust. How'd you get the down thrust, people? The ultimate attack that, you know, Locafor and other people managed to get before they went through Death Mountain. You cheeky bastards. Bastards. Yes, down thrust is amazing. And you have basically, you have to use your jump spell and get up onto the top of the church, down into the basement, and there he is. There's a guy who will teach you the down thrust technique. And oh my god, what a game changer that is. That is an immense spell. You just jump on the head, you jump, hold, hold the down button, Link shoves his sword down through his legs like he was holding some sort of gigantic gigantic dildo to slap enemies to death with. Yes, that's, that is the down for us people. It is dildoing enemies to death from above. Also in Mido is a woman looking for a potion to help cure her sick daughter, and there is also a church where the door is locked and you can't quite jump up to the second floor where there's an open door. Also in this town, there's an old woman who will ask you to help her daughter apparently. So from here, you like need to get back to Rudo and you could talk to, uh, what's her face? Uh, I mean, uh, error. Yeah. In Mido, there is a lady whose daughter is not feeling very well. Yes, she's got the coronavirus, people. And do you know what? Link has the cure. I picked up this medicine bottle in a cave. Do you want this, love? And yep, you give it to her. She'll take you indoors. She'll say, hey, you can now come in and service me and my daughter. I mean, uh, just come inside. And do you know what? No one, no one's in there, but there's a basement, and in the basement, yes, you've, you've, you've guessed it, they've locked up their granddad. Granddad's in the basement, and he's ready with the fairy spell. So I finally figured out what the hell I'm supposed to do. 
Turns out there's a boulder blocking a cave that I totally forgot about, and voila, I get a magic potion. What does this magic potion do? Who the f*** knows? But after aimlessly wandering back and forth across Hyrule, I finally figured out it's the supposed magical cure to heal that one lady's sick daughter. Except wait, where'd she go? And finally, there's someone telling you to search the swamp for a cave that you can bash open with the new hammer from Death Mountain. And you could also go get a heart container and stuff. And there's even a cave you can go in that we might have you might have noticed earlier while we were going through the swamp. It's like, goddamn, this game sending me back to the fucking swamp. Kill me. Uh, you go in there, and there's like some water of life, which I thought was supposed to be like an actual item, but no, it's what the the old woman needs to heal her uh, sick daughter. I got a bit stuck because I searched the swamp and found a cave blocked with a boulder that had a mana potion upgrade in it, but that wasn't actually the one that the guy in Mito was talking about. Yeah, man, like that medicine bottle. Like, you know, apparently there's a pharmacy hidden in a cave, blocked by a boulder, on the edge of a swamp. Nowhere near anywhere. Um, just near Bagu's house. Is Bagu... Do you think Bagu's maybe the pharmacist? Is that what we're all missing here, people? I did find the correct cave eventually, and I smashed it open and beat up some nerds, and we got the cure for the old lady's daughter. I felt that this was a fair place to hide a thing, because as you approach from the west coming south from one of the previous towns to get to the swamp town, you go past a boulder-blocked cave, then later you get the power to blast through boulders and it makes you think oh i should go check that thing that i've been to so that felt very fair um the cave itself wasn't interesting but i mean it doesn't have to be interesting once once you've remembered to get through the boulder and go to the back of the cave you've basically solved the puzzle and it doesn't need to it's like um it's like those shrines in breath of the wild where you want getting to the shrine and going inside is the real challenge I needed to go get the Water of Life and get the Fairy Spell, and then that was all very easy. Um, uh, it would take some searching if I didn't know where it was, but I, but I did. Um, Instead, there's just a creepy old man in a basement. Um, where's the daughter? Hold up a minute. Was this all just a ruse? Like, was this just some kind of cover story for some kind of sketchy drug deal? Am I an accomplice in a Hyrulean drug trafficking scheme? Regardless, I trade the narcotics for some magic fairy dust that literally turns you into a tiny fairy. That's some strong shit. So we headed back to town to talk to her, and then she lets us in to see the wizard, where he teaches us to spell fairy. So you go back in there, and it turns out that the either the old woman or the sick like it's like the sick daughter was not even real because you go inside and you meet another like sage or old man in the basement where all old men live apparently. So I have a theory that like all these old men in each town are like posing as women in order to like give Link some kind of test to see if he's worthy of the spells, which is kind of an interesting take I guess. But anyway, he gives you the spell of fairy which actually lets you turn into a fairy and sort of just fly around the screen to your heart's content. It lets you fly around at the expense of doing literally anything else until you leave the screen. Fairy, man. Literally, you turn into a fairy. Like, you think to yourself, what good could that be? 
But, you know, the mystery will be revealed, people. The mystery will be revealed. Yeah, the fairy spell's great. I used the fairy spell to totally skip past the mini-boss monster in front of the raft because uh, I couldn't kill him. He kept killing me over and over, and eventually I just used fairy to fly over his head through the gate and get the raft and then fly back over his head to get out. It was it was a good time. So I love the fairy spell. It's a little expensive, but, you know, whatever. Now... Bill told me this was very useful for uh, getting past enemies. However, um, I never really used it for that purpose, and the couple parts of this section that kicked my ass later on, um, they were not passable with fairy, or at least that's what Troy said. You have to get the fairy spell in order to fly up a cliff in a graveyard. And to get the fairy spell, you have to find a magic potion in order to cure a sick old man, I think, or somebody's niece. But you never see the niece. You just have to bring him a magic jar that you find in a forest. I don't remember, Bill. This section sucked. The game is ramping up in difficulty um, as we progress. And again, we have to learn the downstab in the town before this, and we also learned the fairy spell, which, adding on to that, you can use to unlock doors without keys. That is a useful spell later in the game as we progress. Of course, even more useful in the remix version because of the lesser mana cost. Yeah, I like the graveyard. I like the graveyard because it's, like, suitably full of spooky monsters, and I think... Uh, that that is an important part of any cartoonish fantasy graveyard is that there be an appropriate amount of dangerous spooky monsters. And so, uh, well done. But anyway, eventually you meet uh, somebody who asks you to find air in uh, the town of Rudo, which is one of the towns we've already been to, about some kind of island palace. And actually, there is a guy in Mido who will say, Hey, do you want information on Palace Free? Yeah, go talk to Error. Yeah, backtrack. Now, you may look at that as being like, Oh, what's the point, man? Why are you making me backtrack all the way? But actually, it's a genius idea. Because if you haven't thought of, you know, oh, I've got this hammer. You know, I'll go explore the world map. Just a little back comes your sure, and some boulders. And you went straight to Mido Town. Now it's going to tell you like hey you know you're gonna backtrack to the first town you know well second town you know top top left of the map people top west you know northwest and it's good it's good because on your way back you will see at least two or three boulders that you can now smash yeah yeah man smashing stuff with boulders that's what it's all about and then you would have picked up a heart container and all that sort of goodness so yeah you're supposed to go back to talk to error and he will tell you about the hole i'm not quite sure what because you know i just can look it up in a guide i'm not dumb Skelly, what'd you do? First, you got a guy telling you to head back and talk to the man that everyone loves, Error in Ruto Town. So you head back there and talk to him, and he goes, Hey, check out this thing south of the King's Tomb. But we'll get to that later. The actual graveyard sprite is, like, uninteresting or whatever. I think it's a shame that the art in Zelda 2 is, like, the same as the art in Zelda 1, or even kind of, like, worse... Even though the game came out like a year later, they didn't spend any time on the pixel art to like do a little better. But I guess, I don't know. There, there are modern pixel art people doing some very good things, 
but they're also using other mappers. So like the hardware of the cartridge that the Zelda 2 cartridge uses literally isn't really capable of doing better art. So whatever. Uh, so I don't really remember getting to Palace 3 very much because um, that was several days ago. That was that was several weeks ago. Um, there's something about falling through a graveyard, I think. Now the next bit of the game's a little bit confusing, which I assume most people would have probably used a guide for. Uh, I certainly used a guide to find out where the spot was. So basically, in the graveyard, there's a hole you have to fall in somewhere in the big, big graveyard to the south of Mido Town. You can go to this, uh, there's a graveyard like south of this town. If you go there, you can find like the king's tomb, which I thought was interesting because it's really, there's nothing there to do. I would have thought there was like a mini dungeon coming up when I first went there. So you go you go to the graveyard, you go to the tomb of the undead king, I think it's called, something like that. Sounds like something from Oblivion. Uh, and then you walk directly south until you fall into a hole. I immediately knew what I had to do, because I remember trudging my way through the creepy-ass graveyard and falling into this dead-end pit that just had to have been there for some reason. So I head back to the graveyard just south of King's Tomb, and after fighting through some of those annoying flying eyeballs straight out of Terraria, I fall down into a pit, activate the fairy, and fly up out of there with ease. The Fall of Link. I liked the falling through the graveyard thing. I don't know how a person would know where it is on its own. Presumably someone tells you in one of the towns, but I didn't talk to enough of the townspeople. I just went straight to using a guide. So if no one in any of the towns tells you that you're supposed to like search the graveyard for the way to the palace, then that would be potentially an unfair thing. But as someone probably says. So the problem I face now is once again, I've talked to everyone in the town that I'm in and still have no clue what I need to do to get further. I do not know how to find the third palace. So after turning to game FAQ again, I find that there's a tile in the graveyard that if we step on it, it drops us into a cave that takes us through a tunnel to the island that contains palace number three. The lesson learned here is once I'm stuck, I really just need to make sure I touch all the overworld tiles. One of them is going to contain the secret that's going to let us go forward. Next time I'm stuck, I'm going to try this and see if I can get by without going to game FAQ. So that's all done. Mido Town's completed. So now we explore the graveyard to the south. There's an obvious tile separate from everything else, and that is the King's Tomb that our boy Error was talking about. Nothing much going on here except an old lady going, This is the King's Tomb. So we leave here and walk south like Error told us to, and then on one of the tiles, we fall down into a pit. Anyway, if you walk straight south from the King's Tomb, you'll fall into a passage, like an underground cave, which I thought was kind of bullshit because it's just a random tile you can stumble across. So if you didn't have a guide, like, you may never find this, or at least it would take you a while. And then that's it. Link falls forever and ever into purgatory. Oh, until he hits the ground, of course. And then you're in a cave. Whee! After that, you have to go down the secret graveyard hole, which I'm sure somebody hints at, but I just remembered that there was a secret graveyard hole because I've played this game before. Uh, so, I don't really know if that's good conveyance on the game's part or just me remembering. So, in the cave, you can either go, I think, left to exit and go back to the graveyard, or if you go right, there is an impossible climb to get up. 
Haha! If only I had some sort of magical spell that turned me into a teeny tiny pixie fairy, and I could fly up there and get over the edge of the, get over the edge of the lip, and then carry on on my way to the island palace. Oh wait, I do! I'm a fairy. The island. The island is fun. It felt like an island from one of the mist games that there's like just this island out in the middle of nowhere and it has exactly one interesting feature that you're supposed to interact with and then it's just useless so i pogo stick across a room full of axe holes and find myself at the third palace oh boy down here there's a path that leads to a big spot that looks like you have to jump up like that cave back between palace one and two although the jump spell only gets you like halfway up so, of course, we turn into a fairy, we fly up there, and now we're on a tiny island that also has the palace on it. You can use the fairy spell to get, like, a, a ledge here. You end up on, the, like, this island. And at this point, you are at the palace. And oh, what a palace it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This place fucking sucks, guys. So, yep, yeah, we fairy our way up, we emerge on an island, and just... Just, you know, cart your way around the beach. And now, sitting there on this island is the third palace. Palace 3's layout was pretty cool. I remember that. It was a, a, a knight statue at the front that in a previous palace gave you a potion when you stabbed him. In this one, he just shows up and murders you. So that sucked. This dungeon was significantly harder than the previous ones in terms of the enemies they put in front of you. Uh, I had been holding back my level because we're using the, um, the mod that allows us to bank experience, but... I leveled myself up to 545 for this level. I like how this palace is arranged. If you go the wrong way, it can take a while to go back and forth and keep running into barriers or whatever. But if you go the right way, you just need to make sure you've cleared a floor before taking the elevator down to the next floor here. Right away, this place is like, fuck you. We are in the third palace. First order of business, striking a statue in the front and picking up a red jug to refill our magic meter. It's cool how you can take it all as a single straight shot if you go the correct paths, so I like that. Oh, what? what the fuck? The statue at the entrance turns real? There's this friggin' statue standing out front, and last time when you stab it, it gives you a potion. This time it just turns into an enemy and tries to stab you back. I thought the palace was laid out a lot more simply than the last one. It's more or less a straight line until you hit a fork, and one end of the fork will lead to a locked door, and the other way will lead to a key that opens that locked door. The palace was really good. The path through the palace was basically like a plain Z shape. Like, you go all the way left to right, and then you get the stuff, and then you start going back left, but you go down a little bit during your, your travel back left, and then you go all the way left, and you go all the way right, and you just sort of do a big Z motion. And that was... 
fun. It was a lot less confusing than the second palace was. I basically did not have a little bit... I, I had some trouble getting through the rooms themselves, but I didn't have any trouble understanding where I was supposed to be going. Unlike Palace 2, I had no issues where I was way deep in the palace and then came upon a locked door and needed to backtrack all the way back up to find the key. It was all kind of... it was laid out very smart. Now at this point, I'm not having too much trouble with the palaces in general. Uh, this one's quite cool though, there's a lot of extra areas to it. There's a big open area at the top where you can go through and pick up a key. You know, you've got the usual keyception, there are keys everywhere. Just got to collect the keys and do your thing. Now, there is a nice little trick here, people. If you do get to a certain door, you know, you know, maybe not a story door or something like that, and you're a bit stuck and you think, ah, oh, shit, I haven't, I haven't got a key for this. Turn into the fairy, and the fairy can pass through the locked doors. There we go, people. Top tip from Bill. Top tip. Missing a key. Fucking ah! fairy, that shit up. A couple new enemies show up immediately, which are pretty fun to fight. There's a guy that throws maces at you that you can bounce on with a downstab, and there is a skeleton with a shield who can bounce on you with a downstab. I like that there's an outside section to this dungeon, um, with a, with a, one of the required keys. There's the palace item, if I remember right, is this, uh, it's a raft, which you don't get to use immediately. And so that's kind of weird that you don't get to use the item in the dungeon, but hey, what are you going to do? A few rooms later, we have the raft. The raft! I didn't use the raft. Uh, I don't know if you're supposed to use the raft. I took the cave. I took the underground cave back from the island to the mainland, so I presumed that you would use the raft from a select location uh, once, like, because there's that little dock next to Mido. So I presumed that that's where you'd have to use the raft from, kind of like how it works in Zelda 1, only at select locations. But maybe I was supposed to try just going on the water, and then I would automatically start rafting. I don't know. So anyway, you finally get past... You finally realize, you know, hey, I could just fairy and get past these fuckers. <laughs> Except from that one that's in that fucking hallway where you can't get over the top of it and you really have to kill it. Bastard. Bastard he is. But yes, anyway, you get through and you pick... You make your way through, and finally you find the palace item, and Link holds it above his head, and it's 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 a it's a really shitty raft, which I could have just probably made out on the world map. Who hid this in a dungeon? It looks really shit. Well, at least give me some sort of half decent canoe that someone spent some time carving out. This raft looks like it's been made in ten minutes by fucking Captain Phillips over there and Wilson, whatever his name is. Jesus, man, what is this? What was in a palace? What a fucking shit hole. I thought the raft was clever in the first game, but for whatever reason, I, I, the same raft is less cool to me in this game. I think I, I really like the um, items that are that are like new when they do something that's just like open a path with a key item, but you don't actually get to use it. Since you don't get to use any of the items in this game except the gauntlet, kind of, because you can punch through blocks with your sword, but that just feels more like increasing. Link's capabilities than actually giving him like a, an item. I don't know. You get to these jackal guys who seem kind of easy now, but then they're coupled with those spiky guys, and then you accidentally break through the ground uh, doing your downward thrust, and next thing you know, all those one hit jackals are piling up on you. 
Then we get more falling blocks, more fire raining down from the ceiling, etc, etc. And now I'm dead and back at the beginning once again. Down the elevator into the first room, we see a new enemy, the Doomknocker, who would have been very tough without the downward thrust, but with the downward thrust, he's taken care of easily. A few rooms later, we see a new enemy that puts a twist on things, this flying eyeball that rains fire upon us that we need to dodge while fighting other enemies. Oh, and now more falling blocks that hit us in the head. The thing that sucks the most about this is that it's not easy to get back here. I waste at least a life and a half on the way. The rooms in here were mostly fine, but there were two pretty bullshit ones. The first of which has a bunch of breakable blocks that you have to downstep into to grab a key, but while you're trying to dig your way out, a bunch of floating dog heads are shooting Dragon Ball Z key blasts at you. And then when you get 80% of the way through, one of the red knights just appears out of nowhere in the extremely cramped space and starts slapping the shit at you. Every flying enemy in this game is the absolute worst to deal with, let alone when you have a dude that hits like a truck punching you in the dome at the same time. Got two keys so far. How big is this place? The the thing that stands out to me about this dungeon right away, so if you remember, Palace 2 had like a central elevator that lets you like go left and right, and it's like everything branches off from that elevator. And Palace 3, straight from the entrance, you have to go through this long passageway where you start getting any kind of junctions, and it's full of all these, you know, terrible enemies that are gangbanging you and stuff. But, so like, if you want to go back out and use the statue that's at the entrance of every palace to heal, then that means uh, you have to go all the way back through all these enemies. And then when you go back inside, all the enemies will be back. So that wasn't really a viable option here. So it was around this point in the game that I really started abusing the, the features of the uh, Switch Online. So like, the... Uh, the save stating, as well as the re even, I even started using the rewind function uh, function here, which I felt kind of dirty about. I felt like I was kind of cheating, but like at this point, I was getting so frustrated again that it was like, okay, let's just use every tool that's at my disposal to just try and make it through. Three keys and counting. So there's this one part of the dungeon, or this one enemy they introduced in the du this dungeon. I can't remember exactly what it looks what it looks like, but it's like this bullhead that floats up and down in like this wave wave pattern kind of and they come at you from both directions and they shoot um, just energy balls at you so you can use your shield to block them but the thing is the way the NES is it's like so fucking glitchy that if you get hit with one of these energy balls it, the, the game glitches and like another head will spawn I don't think it's meant to do that and so you can end up with like three or four of these things shooting at you at once and it's just impossible to overcome uh, so I, I died a lot to those fuckers. And eventually you get to this room where you have to, like, drill down through some blocks with your downward stab. And then if you're unlucky, which happened to me, you get, like, these bullheads coming at you from both directions. And so you have to stab your way out of this, like, mound of blocks while these things are shooting at you. And if you get hit, like I said, they keep respawning. So it feels like you're not making any progress at all and you're just getting your ass you know banged basically um so i was just trying to get out of there i was using the rewind feature and the save states over and over and over and over and i'm dead man now there's a bit here where there's like all these blocks that you have to sort of jump over and get all the way to the end and then stab down through the blocks to get the key and then there are these like floating head things that sort of go up down up down fire out fireballs at you and i watched scott do this on twitch which is how i learned not to do it his way 
So he went all the way across this thing, got all the way down, and basically once you get down, you know, if, if you're careful, you can smash the blocks and create yourself a ladder to get out. It's, it is very difficult though. Um, but if you're not careful and you get stuck down there, which is what's going to happen to 99% of people to be honest with you, Scott went right all the way back to where he came from to get out of this place, trying to smash through the blocks and all these creatures were coming down at him. Now admittedly, once he put his shield spell on, it hardly did any damage. But it was it was an onslaught and it was quite frankly very painful to watch. Sorry Scott, but it was. Whereas I, I went left. <laughs> there's only like there's only like two or three blocks to get through left, and then you're out, and then you can actually get up because it's actually laddered. It's actually like steps for you, and then you can run across the top the same way you got in. A little bit easier that one. A little bit easier. Or you can ferry you, you can ferry nut your way out, but you just have to fly around things. But it's a lot quicker. Anyway, top tip from Bill. So Skeleton House says I've made it to the room. Oh hi Mark. <sighs> okay. Okay. I lost track of just how many keys I've gotten so far. It's probably around four or five, which is ridiculous. But what sucks is one of the keys is hidden in a room buried under a bunch of blocks where you're trapped between two flanks of horse heads shooting lasers at you from both sides. It's so freaking stupid. I'm offended by this game, on principle. I've played shitty Mario Maker levels with better design than this. No joke, I've gotten like five game overs already. I abused the heck out of the Switch's save states and rewinds in this palace. I did it a little bit in Palace 2 as well, but in Palace 3 I was just using it constantly. There were so many of the, 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 the guys who stab you, and they've got the shield and the swords, and they're awful, and the red ones in particular are the worst. If you are playing the remix version, you just restart back at the beginning of the temple whenever you die. With that said, this palace isn't all that difficult. There are a couple noticeable things about the palace that are worrying, such as the blocks, which have dark nuts of varying colors hiding within them, including one that throws an axe at you, uh, throws daggers at you, sorry. Now the real kicker comes just as I was getting good at taking out gold and red dark nuts with the jump slash technique, hitting them in the head where they couldn't block with their shield. We now have the blue dark nuts. These guys can shoot sword lasers like Link when he has a full bar of health, making this a lot more difficult, just as things were starting to get easy with the downward thrust. A very difficult to deal with enemy, um, but you can defeat it really easily with a swift jump stab to the head and then duck and stab to the feet. And you repeat this pattern and you follow the way of the movement of the Dark Knight, it's pretty easy to handle. But yeah, I gen generally quite like this 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 place. But then, then there's the blue, the blue fuck ah! not people, the blue fuck ah! not death. You know, they're not just like any ordinary fuck ah! not. No, oh, no, they've got Link's ability. They can they can, you know, fling their sword and it comes flying at you across the screen. So there's no getting in close anymore. You now have to dodge their things and you have to shield up and down to try and deflect them. And it's hell. It's so f***ing difficult! It's so bloody difficult! Damn you, game! How could you make this f***ing nut even harder? I'm only halfway through the game and this is already getting impossible! Goddamn f***ing nuts! Also, the dark nuts that we all hate so much, there's more of them in this dungeon, and they are, of course, immune to the downward stab. <sighs> so, the downward stab is like, it's not, their, it's not our true savior that I thought it was. So that sucks. 
And then you get introduced to a new type of dart nut that throws swords at you, and he has an infinite amount. As if the dart nuts weren't already bad enough, now you gotta deal with these fucking <laughs> faces, and it just gets to be like, you feel like it's fucking <laughs> impossible. Sorry I'm cussing so much, but I'm, it's, this is bringing back some bad memories now, now that I'm talking about it. Yeah, this palace has a bunch of iron knuckles, including blue iron knuckles, um, in little short corridors. I think that fighting an iron knuckle in a tiny corridor is harder than fighting the boss version of the iron knuckle, because you don't have to fight him in a tiny corridor, and the actual horse part, while awesome, does not make the fight more difficult. And then, even with abusing save states and stuff, I got all the way to the end of Palace 3, I got to the very last room before the boss, and there's the, the only way I've managed to kill these guys, which I believe Bill calls fuck nuts, is by jumping and stabbing them in the head. And then the game's like, hey, what if we put one in a tiny little hallway that you can't jump in, and then made you fight one? And even with save states and rewinding and shit, I gave up. I decided to quit playing this game. Wait, I gotta fight a red knight and a blue knight back to back? That's right. I was done playing Zelda 2. I was tapping out of the podcast. The second bullshit room is the run killer. It is the bullshit room. It's a room where you have to break into a tiny, tiny hallway, one that is too small to even jump a little bit, and inside is one of the red knights, who I should know the name of by now. Are those dark knights? No, what are they called? De dark nuts? Those are probably dark nuts. And on the other side, right behind you when you fall in, is a new enemy. He is a blue knight, and he takes a thousand hits to kill, and he shoots daggers at you. Now, towards the end here, there is the, oh, I'm going to call it the Room of Death, because uh, at least two or three of the podcasters, whether they admit it in their, uh, in their audio, I don't know, uh, pretty much almost quit at this point of the game. And I can't really blame them. This bit was a f***ing nightmare. As I make my way towards the end of this palace, I reach a room with tight hallways closed off by breakable blocks with dark nuts in them. The hallways are short enough that we can't jump, making this really tough. So I try to take out a couple dark nuts with the slash, duck slash, slash, duck slash, trying to, to dodge a shield. It's game over. I'm going to have to start back at a sleeping Zelda, and I was only 100 points shy of getting my next health upgrade. Over in our Discord chat, Kylie Kang gave the suggestion. They said that try doing a thing with a turbo mode on a controller where you hold down and jump and attack all at the same time. I tried that, and it didn't work. It didn't work. I couldn't beat him no matter what I tried. Having to start the palace over, but not needing to clear every room to get the keys, I realized I'm going to miss my chance to level up one of my stats. So I decided to grind out that missed life level by exploiting the red jar at the beginning of the palace. I fight the Doomknocker and Skeleton in the first room, netting 170 XP, and then exit the palace and re-enter, using the life spell and grabbing the red jug as necessary. Both of them have the shield moving up and down gimmick, and in the short hallway you can't even do the jump and punch them in the head trick, so it is an absolute nightmare. My strategy ended up just being use the shield spell and go in swinging, hope and pray. I make it back to the room with the tight hallways and the dark nuts persevere by slashing high and low and taking a lot of damage, but I do make it to the boss room with low health and an extra life. There's these artificial rooms, shall we say, made out of blocks that Link can smash, um, but they contain dark nuts. Yes, there are dark nuts, including a blue one, you know, 
and his, his little flying sword thing that shoots out goes through the walls. And you're presented with this moment where you have to smash down and you're basically going to be either confronted with having to take out the blue nut, which is difficult because he's in a confined space, and then going right afterwards and taking out the red nut in order to continue through to the boss room. Or if you're not very careful, you can accidentally smash out both blocks and end up having one left and one right of you. Um, so I save scummed and rewound scummed my way through all of this. And then you get to the room that's right before the boss. And this is like the biggest fuck you the game has thrown at, thrown at you yet. Basically, it's you've got like this three-tiered uh, or three-layered room. Think like three hallways stacked on top of each other. You've got to go to the top and then descend into the middle one to keep going. But there is a dart nut and a, uh, a sword-throwing dart nut in this little middle hallway. There is a pit that if you're clever, you can lead one of them into. So I was eventually able to lead the, the throwing dart nut into there. But then, because the ceiling on the second hallway is so low, you can't really jump. And so the easiest way i found to take care of these dart nuts is to jump at them and sort of slash uh, when Link is even with his head. So like you do a head stab because it, they drop their guard when you jump. So, but because the ceiling was so low, I couldn't get this guy. Uh, Bill said you're supposed to, you can use fairy to get past him. But like I said, Troy said that's impossible. So I'm like, what the hell, man? What? And I was getting so mad. Um, but eventually, eventually, after like 30 resets or whatever, I was able to get past there. And yeah, this 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 is like absolute Mission Impossible stuff. You know, it's just so so difficult. And I'm not surprised a lot of the guys nearly quit at this point because yeah, just screw this bit of the game. It's such an asshole thing to do. My tactic was to you know bash down the right side and then just go hammer and tongs for the red fucker. You know, I haven't got time to concentrate on the blue ah! knight who's going to fire some things out at me. I just put my shield spell on, go down, hit him as much as I can. Jump, 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 jump. He dies, I move on, and I get past it. I just ignore the blue ah! knight, leave him where he is. He can stay in his little cage and rot there forever, the piece of shit that he is. The boss, not much to write home about. Uh, you... Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the boss. Um, I might, the, the dungeons are kind of mixing together in my head, but I think this is the boss that's actually the blue dark nut riding the horse. Uh, so knock him off his horse. Kill him. Easy. Easy boss. Thank God I'm playing this on the Switch, because without those strategic suspend points, this game would take 30 times longer. <laughs> Holy shit, you guys. I don't know how, but I made it to the boss. I have one life, half a health bar, and no magic. Wish me luck. If you make it through that gauntlet of a final room, you're met with a palace boss who looks pretty cool, but he's my least favorite boss mechanically. He's one of the blue knights, but he has a lance and he's riding some kind of like ghost motorcycle horse. And he's trying to poke you in the face with his lance. He's also invulnerable to damage unless you attack him in a really specific way, but I, I have no idea what that way is. I, again, I just ended up using the shield spell and jumping into him and swinging, and sometimes I would deal damage, and it was ended up being enough. So it's basically a knight on a hover horse jousting at you like a jerk. Man, if only I had a Pona right now. Damn, this guy sucks. But, like, honestly, he's not as bad as the rest of the enemies in this temple. He's just got a lot more health. 
The boss of this palace is a knight riding a horse who flies from one side of the screen to the other and back, requiring that you use the downward thrust to get him as he goes by, and after a couple hits he comes off his horse and he's a normal blue dark nut. He gets the best of me on our first attempt because I arrived here with low health, but on a second attempt with a full bar of health and a full bar of magic, he's no match. Halfway through, this robo-horse runs off, and then he's just a regular dick knight. Yes, so you kind of he charges at you really fast, and you've got to jump over him very quickly and um, in order to get out of his way, and you've got to knock him, I think, two or three times just to get him off his horse. That bit I didn't have any problem with. But apparently, when he's off his horse, he's a blue fuck nut, but he's a super blue fuck nut, and he is a fucking fuck 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 nut. Damn it, man. I had to save state my scumming way through this boss fight. He is such a dick monger. So the second phase of the fight starts, and it is just you kill his ghost horse motorcycle, and it's just a knight who throws daggers at you. It's just one of the regular enemies. And he's way easier this time when there's not another knight stabbing you in the brains. Kind of a lame climax to what I thought was a pretty good palace. And now he's running away like a coward. The problem is I can't hit him if he's off screen. The palace boss was amazing. And having a mechanical hover bike horse for the night was the coolest thing. The actual boss himself was the embodiment of the thing that I skipped. I used the fairy spell to get past the little blue knight guy in front of the raft. And then it turned out that the boss of the dungeon was the blue knight guy that I couldn't defeat the first time. So I felt a little bit hoisted. Um, And I managed to get through him. I did it. I don't know how, but I made it. Made it to the third boss. It's like this night where his you knock his head off and then it flies around at you and shit. Um, I didn't have it only that only took me like two or three tries. I think it was like two. So like the boss is, was way easy compared to like what came before him in this palace. This level's boss rules. I really love the the floaty horse, and then I know he just becomes an iron knuckle, but. Uh... The floaty horse is really cool. It's, it's like a, a knight on a horse, I think. Ah, oh, the knight on the horse. What a delightful thing he was. Oh, I'd managed to get like two or three hits on him by doing the jump stab, jump stab, and then having to sort of run back to the other side of the screen, defend myself, and just let him come at me, and just defend this onslaught of swords flying through the air into my face, just because I had to get him far enough away from the other end of the screen, so that when I attacked him, he wouldn't go off screen to where I then wouldn't be able to see him, wouldn't be able to hit him. And it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I probably I died at least 10, 15 times, and I had to save scale. I I save scummed after hitting him twice, and then probably after hitting him four times, I think. And once I'd got those two nice hits in, I saved, stated it, and then came back to it because damn, 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 this guy was a bastard. I hate, hate, hate these blue fuck nuts. I'm gonna have to find a way to deal with them in the future. Because if Palace Four, Five, and Six start throwing more of these fuck nuts at me. I am going to be in some serious trouble. I 
then I got a Hori Switch Pad Pro, which is a set of grips that go onto your Switch and replace your Joy-Cons and make it feel more like a Pro Controller. But they have a Turbo Mode, different from the Turbo Mode on the other controller that I tried. And you know what with that Turbo Mode? I just barely made it past that ah! nut and I beat the boss and I got out of Palace 3 alive. I'm back in it, baby. We're going on to Palace 4. We're doing this thing. But anyway, he's dead now. Save scum or no save scum, he's dead. I've moved through, I've paced, placed my magical stone into the altar. It raises above me and it raises my XP to extraordinary levels. Uh, yeah, I'm still lower level than Scott. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm stabbing Scott with my dick sword. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was, this was a painful one. Palace 3, especially those last two rooms, like that room before the boss, and that room before the end, uh, yeah, that room before the end boss and the boss itself, absolute dickwads. I hear nicer things about Palace Four, so fingers crossed, people. Fingers crossed. So I did complete the palace, much to my relief, but at that point I was so mad and so frustrated I was once again at the point to where like I didn't want to play anymore and I'm not sure I ever wanted to play anymore. So uh, this is going to be where I bow out on this Zelda 2 challenge, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not going to stream it anymore. The first half of the stream was pretty fun, the second half was terrible because I was getting so mad. And uh, Corey, my fiance, actually said, don't stream that game ever again. <laughs> so I've kind of been banned from it. Scott, we hardly knew ye, and yet your demise is a sacrifice for us all, so that we may all demise live on Twitch someday. I might still keep playing. I don't know. I don't know if I have the time if I'm not streaming it. But I, I do still have like that hankering urge, like, come on, you have to beat this. It's a Zelda game. You're the Zelda king. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This game, fucking, ah! I'm having a hard time calling it even like look seeing the bright side of it anymore. I, I kind of, kind of hate it, guys. So, uh, on top of that, you also have the other palaces. Uh, you have another uh, heart piece sitting out in the middle of the ocean and a. Um, just a whole bunch of really neat stuff coming up uh, for the 4th, 5th, and then the final 6th palace in the desert. So now we got the raft from the palace and we're ready to sail across the world to whatever awaits us next time. Overall, I thought this section was pretty good. Mechanics are being stacked on top of each other, the enemy variety was interesting, it was a good puzzle to open up the palace, and I thought the palace design was fun. Although some of that NES era meanness has definitely shown through. This wasn't that difficult for me. Uh, I have played it now in the Remix version and in the Switch version, uh, which is the original version of the game, and I didn't find it super difficult. The later challenges in the game ramp up considerably. I did die a lot, but again, if you've ever played East 3, this is a cakewalk. I am 100% in the dark with what shows up next. I have absolutely no idea what's coming up. And that's it really this week, people. It's been a lovely journey. You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go bang my head against the wall and try and uh, remove the memories of Palace 3 from my mind forever. But, you know, 
Luckily, we are now, we are armed with a raft, shall we say. Because we're armed with a really shitty raft that we found in the palace. And we are now got a whole new continent to explore for our journey to try and find Palace 4. And now I think there's actually quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of side questing to do before we get to the Palace 4. Um, but we'll find out, you know. I think you have to go there and come back and then go back again. Sounds like hell. Uh, I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw the uh, uh, speed run of it. On games done quick. Uh, but yeah, you know, look forward to that, people. Look forward to that. Again, I'm Kylie. Nice talking to you. We'll catch you at Palace 4. So I left the palace, made my way back through the tunnel and the graveyard, and across Hyrule before I realized I was supposed to find a raft in that freaking palace. Ugh. The boss is beaten, the stone is in the statue, and we are onward to Palace number 4. This is... Lokathor signing off. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, listeners. See everybody after Palace 4. I guess I have way less to say about this week. I kind of died a lot, but I wasn't being very careful. I think I would have died a lot even if I was being careful. Probably. But yeah, um, I guess next up is the fourth palace, and who knows when I'll get there. Hopefully you, you guys hear, will hear me on this podcast again. Don't count on it. If you're, uh, if you're looking for a good podcast in RPGs, we host the RPG After Years with Bill and a couple other friends. And you can find me on Twitch at the underscore Scott underscore spot. I'm sure I'll be streaming more Zelda things eventually on there. Just not Zelda 2. Uh, until then, sayonara, guys. Now again, please show your love and respect for the show, and you can give us a uh, an iTunes review or review us on whatever podcasting platform you have. You can also check out other shows that um, are part of this network. Uh, we can make this work, probably network, at probablywork.com. And also a final announcement: this podcast is going to expand beyond Bill's JRPGs and other trappings. Yes. We have decided as a group, because we are enjoying this project so much, you know, maybe not Zelda 2, but we're enjoying the project so much, <laughs> that we are going to create this as a brand new podcast. And this is going to be called The Super Switch Club, a Nintendo online book club thing. That's, that's, that's the full title, including the word thing. <laughs> and yeah, the, um, the first episode of this Zelda series, the manual, is up on that feed currently. And I'm going to be working at getting the other episodes for this on there, uh, ready for when we start the next season. 
So the idea is, is that, you know, if you've got a Nintendo Switch and you've got a online subscription to the Nintendo online service, then you have access to the NES and SNES classics that they put on there. Uh, which includes Zelda 2. This is kind of where we got the ideas because a lot of the guys have been playing this on their Switches using this service. And we are going to alternate between NES and SNES games and just play through them all in this in this exact style that we're doing now. So that is something that you should all look forward to in the future. So yeah, if you want to get that podcast uh, ready in your podcast feeds, you can find it by searching for Super Switch Club, a Nintendo online book club thing. It's there. It's waiting for you on all good podcasting feeds. And yeah, look forward to that in the future, people. But in the meantime, for the Zelda 2 project, it will be releasing first and foremost on my feed, on the Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings feed. So look forward to hearing it here first and then later on on the other podcast. That's it from me, guys. You know, Palace Free was hell. Impa, you can go rot for all I care for sending me on this magical journey, alright? If Palace 4 doesn't improve, Impa, I'm gonna come all the way back there and I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. I'm just gonna have a breakdown and cry. I can't take it anymore. It's too much.